This is episode number 640 of the Inner Fight Podcast. Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen, to another episode of the show. Thank you so much, no matter where you are in the world, for tuning in, downloading, listening. Here we go, 40 minutes of me talking to you. Yes, no special guest today, but a super special topic, which I've coined re-entering social fitness. Could be community fitness, but social fitness is what we use. Before we get going, let's give a shout out to our show sponsor, Smith Street Paleo. Hop over there, smithstreetpaleo.com, loads of recipes. My two favorite from lockdown, I'll be straight up, I've only cooked two things. I didn't even have to cook them. I mean, cooking insinuated so suggests that I made it hot and stuff, but I didn't have to. The first one is, actually, I was supposed to make one of them hot, which was tomato sauce. Holly's ketchup, sugar-free, super good. You don't have to heat it. Don't tell her I told you that, but you just don't have to heat it. doesn't matter. You just stir it all together and it works. I've made that a couple of times and something that I make weekly and I'm waiting for my delivery of groceries to come tomorrow before I, I refill my jar is her chimichurri sauce, which is very simply, if you don't like coriander or parsley, don't make it, but it's absolutely great and it goes with my salmon. It goes with steak. It goes with absolutely everything. I haven't had it for breakfast yet, but I think it's awesome. So if I can make this stuff, you can definitely make this stuff. And actually, it's been awesome to see so many people around the world during lockdown have got onto the website and got the ingredients and made some of this stuff. And then they message us and go, it tastes really good. We're like, yeah, obviously. Anyway, give them a shout. Hello at smithstreetpaleo.com if you want to hop on a meal plan, if you want bread mix, pancake and waffle mix delivered to you, anything those guys will serve you or just hop over to smithstreetpaleo.com and cook it. End of the plug for them. Back to what's important today. As I said, re-entering social fitness. I hope that you guys are doing good. I hope that you have been staying fit over this time. So this re-entry into the world of social fitness, of working out with people, that's really what I mean, shouldn't be too hard. That shouldn't be an excuse that, you know, we sometimes hear it, don't we? People are like, yeah, I'm uh, getting fit to go to the gym. I need to get fit before I come to Innofi. I'm getting fit to go back to... No, absolute nonsense. Anyway, I'm sure you guys are in good shape. You know what I'm talking about. I'm laughing to myself. Hopefully, you guys are laughing as well. So the question that I want to sort of kick off with is, and what I want to try and answer and maybe make you feel better with, is to work out with people or not to work out with people. What are the pros? What are the cons? Now, I think one thing I want to hit on first is not because I'm a super positive guy and you know jeez I've had my ups and downs during this whole lockdown as well but obviously this week I got the great news that Holly is actually coming back to me it'll be four months that we're apart but we're getting back together (laughs) it sounds like we've had a break we're coming she's allowed to come back now and you know I miss her so the bottom line is there's a lot of there's a lot of positives now why well, our animal instinct, and that's why that point is connected about her, is that we like human interaction. And there's a lot of other people who have been obviously on their own during the lockdown. I'm not the only one, and I don't need any special attention for that. But what I've missed the most is a little bit the animal instinct of having Holly around, being around humans. And it's quite funny. I, I've, I've noticed we've been having coaches meetings since, since we're allowed out. 
And, you know, it's just nice that we're, we're there and we're together and we're in this environment in, and, and we're able to sit around and talk because really that's our animal instinct. It's our, our human interaction. And I think to kick off with on one of the positives, that's one of the main things that makes us, makes us think, makes us be, makes us learn, makes us aware that it teaches us so much just being with people. So one of the biggest positives of working out with people is that human interaction side. The second thing is we do a lot of the time and I think there are some negatives when we race in fitness and form can be compromised. And, you know, let's be honest, the spade's a spade. I've seen people cheating in my time. I've coached thousands of hours of classes. But the bottom line is, is that we see people push a lot, lot harder. We really do. There's that accountability for the male. The alpha male just goes at the other alpha male. You know, we've got that animal instinct thing coming back. But we're seeing people push so much harder when they're working out together, especially in an environment like ours. I'm going to use the word, it is crazy time still in the world of CrossFit, CrossFit, but, you know, let's use that in a positive way. Not not forgetting what CrossFit did and how it gave us that push. Previously, you'd go to the gym, you'd be on your own. You you know, if you got tired, you sort of, some people would just roll over and, and, and stop. Whereas this CrossFit, this community environment really helped us push harder, which I think is a massive, massive positive as well. The other thing, there's two other points there and I touched on one that I'm going to leave till, till the fourth, which is community. But the third point I want to touch on is technically working out with other people is fantastic as well, especially in an environment like ours. And this is not a plug for us. We're not quite open yet. Listen to the show on Sunday, 6.41. This coming Sunday, I'm talking all about the new NFI. It's just a 10-minute show. If you're not jumping into those 10-minute shows, please do. They're great. They take 10 minutes first thing in the morning, or maybe you can't stand my voice first thing in the morning. But this thing is technique. And one of the things of having a coach around is all about technique. They can help you. Your friends could help you ensure that you execute the right technique, shall we say. And this is something that's super important. Your safety, I always say this to people when they come into the gym, when I'm doing people's onboarding, intro classes, fundamentals, call it what you will. We, I always say there's two things that are important for me here. Number one is that you're safe. And number two is that you have fun. And safety is super, super important. So when you're working out with people, people can help you, coaches can help you with your technique. And that's something that's absolutely huge. A little bit of Volvic. No plug. The fourth thing, and this list of positives could go on forever and ever and ever for sure, is the community. And I use it as community, as I was saying just there before, CrossFit has been huge for this. But you guys are your community and you build your support networks. You call each other. Yeah, we call people. We send people messages. Why weren't you at my class this morning? But it's so different when a person that I met at the gym six months ago is sending me a message six months later and saying, I missed you at class this morning. Or, hey, come on, buddy. Why weren't you at class? That sense of community is super, super huge. And we've seen that forged 
during the lockdown as people jumped on Zoom workouts together and just having those friends there. Yes, it links into that whole push harder. Yes, it links into human interaction and community really, in a way, it really wraps up a lot of what I'm saying here. It really pulls everything together, pulls people together, gives people this central point and all of these things, folks, really helps us to have a bigger connection and a, a bigger buy-in to what we're doing. So the chances and motivation, so the chances of success go sky high. Now, geez, in eight minutes, I probably sold it to you that, yeah, you need to get back to the gym. But I'm also very aware of what's happened over the last three to four months since gyms were shut on the 15th of March, which... I'm going to term this in a simple way that we've been scared by the media. And I want to share an experience with you guys that, that I actually had when all this was kicking off. I'd obviously done a little bit of reading around the coronavirus. And we had that guest, the doctor, on, on the show, which I got some interesting feedback from. But when we sort of first were made to shut and, you know, things were moving literally at the speed of light. I, I remember pausing at one stage and I was in my kitchen here at home and I was reading my phone as to the symptoms of corona and I was just reading it on the wrong website, you know, and I, it was just, it was really a scary article and I was stood there looking at my phone and I'm like, I'm scared of this thing. It's huge. You know, and this, this media article was almost like it was going to end the whole world. And I think in the early stages because of the way that countries reacted, governments reacted, and we could argue back and forward why they reacted and, and would they, did they need to react in that way. That's by the by. They did react in that way. And so we've kind of been scared a little bit, some cases a lot, to a point where, you know, people now still, we see them wearing rubber gloves, terrible for the environment, masks, terrible for the environment, don't do a great deal. All of these things are... People are wearing them and using additional hand sanitizer because they've been scared almost by what they're reading in the media. And, you know, you don't, I've spent a little bit of time watching some various documentaries over this time. And one of them was, what was it called? The Great Hack that showed how, you know, Cambridge Analytica was basically influencing us or influencing Americans, which that might be some of us, during the, the, the past or the the initial elections for Trump. And, you know, then I went, and of course, because the algorithm of Netflix knows I like that kind of stuff. So then they tell me to watch Ed Snowden, and I watch that, and I'm like, wow, we've been targeted the whole time. So I don't want to go into a conspiracy whether we were targeted by the media, but the media has enabled us to see or made us see what they want us to see, which is not always the truth. But what that's done is has scared people off. And I can understand people. I don't fully understand people that are still wearing gloves. But I remember during the lockdown, I would go out and there would be this eerie feeling. And I was like, wow, this is, this is quite weird. Now, I'd already formed my opinion that there was a slight overreaction going on, but it still was weird. So if people are not educating themselves very well and just reading what's in the newspaper, not digging into actual sources of what's in the newspaper and studies, then I understand that people have been scared and people are still scared. And, you know, those wounds are going to take a little bit of time to heal. 
And, you know, a lot of what we did at the early parts of lockdown was just read about COVID and get more scared and, and watch things and get even more scared or, you know, just get even more brainwashed in, in one direction. And I think that's going to take a little bit of time to for those wo- wounds really to, 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 to heal. So there's another thing as well. Media is one that we've been scared of, but I think... There's a second thing that we've been scared of, which is when gyms were allowed to open and when businesses were allowed to open, we've actually seen a lot of things that have been promoted to try and make us feel safe that have scared us even more. Things like additional precautions that people are taking in restaurants, which is all coming from a great place. And I think a certain amount of the population are going to see that as a massive positive. They're going to be like, yeah, that makes me feel better. But there's also a certain amount of the population that that's going to continue to scare off as well. And, you know, I think a lot of the gym adverts of, I saw one gym that was promoting that they'd used medical grade sanitation. And it was like this big term. I'm not even sure if that's a real true sort of statement or if there is such a thing as there probably is I've, I've got a little bit of research that I'm going to go into on this in a second but all of these tactics that people used I was a bit like wow that that really is those people are scared have even more reason to be scared so what I want to debunk a little bit in this show as well is maybe some of those tactics that have been used and look into a little bit of the research on it because I think that's important. Just to outline before we do get to that, the rules here in Dubai, for those of you that are here in Dubai, is that we must have a mask when we're in a gym. However, that mask can be lowered when we're participating in strenuous exercise. And just last week, I was in a, a quite big meeting and one of the guys that was speaking was from the sports council. And he said, we understand that wearing your mask, if you're doing, you know, pretty strenuous exercise, is dangerous. So if you're on a machine in a gym, please take it down. But when you're passing people within a gym, and obviously they're talking more about a globo gym, like big box gyms, then please just put it up so that you don't pass those germs. He didn't want to get into the efficacy of masks we can talk about that forever or we can just quote studies and show that they're pretty useless but he said this is the rule right now and we just ask you please yes when you're on a machine or when you're participating in strenuous exercise please take it down but when you're moving around the gym please keep it up and I thought that was quite a a practical and a mature way we're asking you right now to wear it just wear it when you have to but obviously when you're working out when it's strenuous take it down that's rule number one the second rule is about distance They said that machines within gyms, if you're a machine-based gym, which obviously some of us are, we we sort of don't really fall massively into that category. Those machines should stay at two meters apart so we don't have people too close. Again, he sort of was very open with this and said, that's the rules for the moment. If research comes that we can put machines closer together, then those rules will be updated. And Dubai Sports Council, along with the various governing bodies of, of obviously, Dubai Health Authority and Dubai Municipality, are updating their playbook, if you like, on a fortnightly basis, which is, I think, is showing quite an open mindset, and but also shows that maybe this disease, this virus, is not as serious as we thought it was. However, that's what they say. Machines should be at two, two meters apart. 
I think by the time that this show is published and by the time that I made the show, we were still at 50% capacity. But we have heard as gym owners that this will go to 100%. So gyms can go back to normal, which is fantastic. So long as we maintain those distances that we've been asked to, which is two meters between a machine. The third, the fourth thing is that changing rooms should remain closed because this is an area where they believe that this virus can travel easily. And again, the, the sense that we got was that this would change in the coming weeks, if not weeks, then one to two months. But at the moment, we've been asked to respect that. And I think that is understandable as well. And the final thing, which maybe we'll go into a little bit in a second, is the disinfecting between uses. This is where I have a few mm, different issues. So let's jump to that. What does the research say when it comes to fogging and sanitization? Well, actually, those of you that follow me on Instagram would know that I asked for people to come forward that know the science behind fogging these fogging machines that we're seeing that I'm alluded to in the, 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 the media that people are using in their social media to, to claim that gyms are, are safe and, and you know people are putting out, yeah, we're using this fogging machine. In my opinion, that just scares the shit out of people. And you know what does sanitization do? And I, I asked people, I said, I want to speak to a scientist because I want, I want the science. I don't want a salesman. I got a lot of salesmen that came forward. Yeah, we're selling that. Do you want to buy some? I'm like, no, dude, I don't want to buy any. I want, to, I want you to prove to me that I should buy it. So I went down a few different rabbit holes and I came up with, with, with a couple of different things. And one study I found on the, the WHO, World Health, Organization, World Health Organization, and basically it, it, it's interesting because, one, and I'll quote some of this, non-healthcare settings environment. So they, they did a study into you know, what should happen in a, in a healthcare setting environment and what should happen outside. And a few different quotes that I pulled up that I think you'd be interested to hear. If you live in Dubai, this one's very interesting. Spraying or fumigation of outdoor spaces, such as streets or marketplaces, is also not recommended to kill the COVID-19 virus or other pathogens because disinfectant is inactivated by dirt and debris and it's not feasible to manually clean and remove all organic matter from such spaces. Moreover, spraying porous surfaces such as sidewalks and unpaved walkways will be even less effective. I don't know what's happened in your country. I don't know exactly what happened in the country that we live in, but I've seen this around the world where there has been spraying and fumigation of outdoor spaces. The World Health Organization say that it's useless. Useless is my words. Less effective is their words. Spraying disinfectants and other non-touch methods. So if we're spraying it, in indoor spaces, it reads, routine application of disinfectants to environmental surfaces by spraying or fogging, also known as fumigation or misting, is not recommended for COVID-19. I'm still on the World Health Organization website. One study has shown that spraying as a primary disinfection strategy is ineffective in removing contaminants outside of direct spray zones. Moreover, spraying disinfectants can result in risk to the eyes, respiratory or skin irritation and the resulting health effects. Spraying or fogging of certain chemicals such as, whoa, formicidal and chlorine-based, I'm not sure if I butchered that, and chlorine-based agents 
or ammonium compounds is not recommended due to adverse health effects on workers in facilities where these methods have been utilized. Is not recommended due to adverse health effects on workers in facilities where these methods have been utilized. If it's going to get the workers, there's a very good chance. It's And this is talking about, obviously, it's not specific about gyms. But if the public are coming into that area, if it's going to get the workers, it might get the public as well. Spraying environmental surfaces in both healthcare and non-healthcare settings, as practi- uh, such as patient households, with disinfectants may not be effective in removing organic material and may miss surfaces shielded by objects, folded fabrics, or surfaces with intricate designs. If disinfectants are to be applied, this should be done with a cloth or wipe that has been soaked in disinfectant. Do you still want to use the fogging machine? Hmm. If disinfectants are to be applied, this should be done with a cloth or wipe that has been soaked in disinfectant. Hmm. So we've got indoor and we've got outdoor. Neither that good. That's interesting. And then it goes on to say, this is all on the World Health Organization site. Anyone can go and read it. Non-healthcare settings environment. So the above was talking about healthcare settings and outdoor. Now we're going into non-healthcare settings environment. And it reads, there is no evidence for equating the risk of fomite transmission of COVID-19 virus in the hospital setting to any environment outside of hospitals. However, it is still important to reduce potential for COVID-19 virus contamination in non-healthcare settings, such as home, office, schools, gyms, or restaurants. Cool, we understand that. So we're saying we need to be careful. High-touch services in these non-healthcare settings should be identified for priority disinfection. High-touch surfaces. So locker handles, door handles, iPads as you enter gyms, all of this stuff should have priority disinfection. Disinfection, as we learned above, should be applied to a cloth that has been soaked in disinfectant, not just a spray. These include door or window handles, kitchen and food preparation area, countertops, bathroom surfaces, toilets and taps, touchscreen personal devices, personal keyboard, and work surfaces. The disinfectant and its concentration should be carefully selected to avoid damaging surfaces and to avoid or minimize toxic effects on household members or users of public spaces. Therefore, what we're saying here is that with the right application and the right dilution or concentration, then there is some effect of it being wiped on and done in a proper way. The environmental cleaning techniques and cleaning principles should be followed as far as possible. Surfaces should always be cleaned with soap and water or a detergent to remove organic matter first. So you've got to actually clean the surface. So let's take an example here and let's just work through this together. Again, to reiterate, this is not my work. This is from the World Health Organization. You have a kettlebell or you have a dumbbell. Really what you should be doing or you have a a piece of gym equipment, the thing that you should be doing first is taking hot soapy water and or a detergent and removing and giving it a wipe over first and then you go to the disinfection process. So all of these gadgets that have been sold as one stop, as you walk through it, fogging machines, all of this, uh-uh, 
these guys say it does not work. However, if you first clear the organic matter and then you do a disinfection, so we don't need to be lazy about this. If we're going to do it and we really need to do it, then they found that that is the only way that actually it makes a difference. They're not saying you should or shouldn't. They're suggesting that you do. However, if you do it, you have to follow this way. In non, and then it actually gives you a concentration. In non-healthcare settings, sodium hypochlorite bleach may be used as a recommended concentration of 0.1% per thousand something or other. It's cut off here. Wow. So <laughs> who's convinced? Who's convinced that it's the right thing to do? Who's convinced that it's all a bunch of marketing? The research sort of says that fogging is really not the way to go. There's more chances, and where does it say here? Spraying or fogging or certain chemicals is not recommended due to adverse health effects on workers in facilities where these methods have been utilized. And there's actually a, there's actually a reference point after that which will reference to another study where they've done a study where they can show that that form of what you'd call sanitization disinfection is not working. So that medical grade sanitization that you're talking about and then playing a picture of a guy with a fogging machine, that is not what's going on at all. Again, the way that we've been sold things in the media and the way that the research is there, and it's kind of been an up and down relationship for a lot of people with WHO, World Health Organization, I think, over the last three or four months. Are they right? Are they wrong? Is it pandemic? When they declared that it was a pandemic, everyone's like, well, you know, it's, uh, I'm not really sure if, 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 it should, if it should be a pandemic. It's not really that bad, but the World Health Organization, they claim what they claim. They do what they do. Whether they're right, I'm not really 100% sure, and that's not what we're here to argue. However, that's what they say, and I think, honestly... If you say, Marcus, what's your gut feeling? What's your opinion? Yeah, suddenly there's a whole industry around fogging machines and the likes. It is not mandatory for, it's not mandatory in, in a lot of countries and there's probably a reason behind that. For us at Innerfight, we will, I will tell you, actually, I'll tell you close to the end exactly what we'll do. Let's keep moving through. And, you know, the next question I want to ask is, if you are in the not-so-confident camp and you don't want to re-enter social fitness or community-based fitness or just a gym, you know, how, like, how long does this extra caution last? And, you know, I, the answer is, does anyone really want to wear a mask? I'm not sure. You know, it, it's kind of like, well, yes and no. I think... We need to build confidence. As I said earlier, the wounds kind of need to heal. What's the media showing us now? Are they still talking about it? Are they scaring us? The media could do something and they could actually help us whether they will or not. But we definitely need our confidence to be restored. And if you are a little bit sheepish about going out, if you are a little bit, you know, you, you are a gloves, mask, plus hand sanitizer type of person, then I understand that. But what I also ask you to do is maybe just have a look at the stats, have a look at some of the reports. Don't look for it in your, in your local newspaper. 
Is the World Health Organization legit, trustworthy? You could argue with me on that. But I think one of the other things as well that we probably need to consider here is some of the environmental fallouts about this. And I alluded to this earlier, and I've been speaking about this quite openly on my social media. You know, the amount of gloves that people are wearing that are just getting thrown away, it's, it's almost it's heartbreaking to see. You know, for all of the great things that have happened to the environment, I was just down running here by Dubai Creek the other day, and for all of the great things that have happened to the environment with that water, it's so clear. It's the clearest it's it's ever been, you know, and now we're just adding more rubbish to it, creating more industry with these masks that don't really do anything anyway, but maybe it takes a little bit of time to heal. There's actually a super cool initiative that of the time of recording this, it's just about to launch tonight. It's Monday. I, I, I released the show on a Thursday. But tonight, and you'll have seen it by the time this show comes out, at 6 p.m., there's actually a super cool initiative. And the meeting that I, I was talking about there the other day that I was in with the Sports Council actually had a number of CEOs and owners of fitness clubs, gyms, and companies from all over the UAE. And we came together couple of weeks ago to discuss how we can help people to become more confident. And one of the things that we did here in a fight at the start, as a lot of you know and have seen, is we came up with a hashtag that fitness is the cure. Because we believe that with good fitness, their chronic health and and a lot of the deaths related to COVID, let's put it that way, without getting into too much detail on it, could have been avoided if people were not were in a better position physically and they took better care of their bodies and they participated more in fitness. And this was a message that as an industry, we wanted to send out to the country. And through a, it actually only took about an hour or so, which is quite good when you get the top 15 fitness companies in the country together. You can imagine we've got some quite differing opinions, but everyone's under the same opinion that you know fitness is really the cure and we wanted to spread that message. And to that end, we, we, we formalized and have since promoted the, the hashtag fitness is the answer. Because we, and rightly so, people wanted to stay away from medicinal terms, negative terms. And they didn't want to use my hashtag. They didn't want to use cure. So they, they basically said that it would be fitness is the answer. And that's a campaign that has rolled out this week. And it will continue to gather momentum as we now want to, despite what I was saying earlier about a lot of gyms basing there, and that's why I was quite happy that Inner Fight didn't open the first minute when we could, is that we didn't have to make decisions and we didn't have to build campaigns around building people's trust from, from the start on, in their health and security. So we never had the fogging campaign that a lot of these gyms had. But they want to now spread a really positive message and break down this barrier because we all understand as fitness professionals that, yeah, it's probably not quite as bad. And the chances of you dying just because you come to the gym today are quite low compared to the chances of you dying to if you don't come to the gym today. So that's a really interesting campaign. And I just ask that you guys sort of jump on the back of that as well. Fitness is the answer. It's a great initiative. The gyms are rolling out around the country as well. I want to wrap up with two final things here over the next few minutes. I want to give you guys five steps that you can take away to feeling comfortable and at the same time 
share with you kind of how we see it or what we will do when we open the new inner fight, which as I said earlier, you can read about, listen to, sorry, in show 641, which comes out this Sunday. But the five steps to feeling comfortable that I want to share with you is number one, just do a little bit of research. Don't be lazy. Don't expect all of the truth to come up through your social feeds, through Facebook. There's a lot of different algorithms kicking around there. Don't expect it to come to you. Go, if you're feeling scared, if you're not feeling 100% comfortable, just Google around, do some research, kind of how I put the show together, and just educate yourself. You know, don't be ignorant, don't be lazy about it. Just get out there and just spend half an hour educating yourself about fogging, about disinfecting, about what the masks do, about what the masks don't do, about should you wear gloves, shouldn't you wear gloves, how should you behave, what should you do, you know, in certain situations. I think we as humans, as the population, need to take ownership and we need to educate ourselves. We all have these smartphones. You're probably listening to this show on one of them. If not, you're at a computer. Start Googling now. The second thing that we should be thinking about is trying to keep our hands, and this has been since the start, one thing that that doctor that I had on the show was talking about from the start, he's like, we can cure this virus by washing our hands, keeping our hands clean. That is a big thing. How often do you wash your hands? And I know a lot of my friends that are a little bit more strict about or a little bit more paranoid about this disease, their hands are literally flaking off because they're washing their hands using so much hand sanitizer as they've gone through lockdown and the period since COVID's been rampant around us. But, you know, wash them often and maybe just have some moisturizer with you. It's okay, guys. You can hang out with moisturizer. I use moisturizer the whole time. It's not really a big deal. It's not just for girls. Wash your hands and wash yourself as well. I think that's pretty important. You know, it, this might force people to question their hygiene standards. How often are you showering? You should be showering, especially if you live here in Dubai. If you're not showering two or three times a day, you must stink. Like, seriously. Anyway, that's a whole other show. Sorry if that offended anyone. Wash and clean up after yourself, no matter where you are. If you're in, a, if you're in your home, please, guys, keep your homes clean. Keep your homes hygienic. Keep your homes free from bacteria. And if you're in a public place using public things, just be a little bit more you know, just be a little bit more hygienic about things. That's all that's all we're asking here. That will to a lot of for a lot of schools of thoughts and a lot of research, that will help this virus to relax or to stay tight, stay put, shall we say, or slow it down. Wash your hands, wash yourself, wash and clean up after yourself. That's the three things. The fourth thing and I, I think this is common sense, and a lot of you will be listening and going, really? Are you talking about this? Is if you feel sick, then why not just stay home? You know, why would you be out in the public if you feel like you've got some symptoms? If you feel not very well, then stay home. Quarantine yourself just for a few days, if you want to call it quarantine. Respect those people around you. Don't go out if you've got a cough or a cold. If the symptoms are nothing like those, again, check what the symptoms are on on the websites. 
read three or four different websites, figure out what those symptoms are. But if you've got a temperature, if you've got a fever, if you've got something respiratory, they're all pretty. I mean, there's loads of different things coming out. I was listening to a, a podcast the other day and it was talking all about this scenario or this condition now called COVID toes, which is quite interesting as well. Just Google COVID toes. If not, I can't, oh, which podcast was on. Anyway, if you are feeling any of the symptoms, guys, stay home, see a doctor, quarantine yourself, respect others, don't put them at risk. That's number four. The final thing to feeling comfortable is, is it really such a big deal? Like, let's not act weird. Let's not freak out. If someone's wearing a mask, they want to wear a mask. That's cool. If they've done the research, they're happy to wear a mask. But let's not make such a big deal out about it in every area. We all want things to, you know, go back to where they were, call it normal, new normal. It's all a weird use of phrases right now, I know. But the more that we sort of crack on with life whilst taking these precautions, whilst being smart, whilst using a bit of common sense, which, yes, the pun, it's not very common anymore, the faster things will get back to what you want them to be and, and, and life will be even more fantastic than it's been for the last few months. The final point is what will inner fight do? Inner fight will follow the laws. We, as I said, we follow what the sports council say. We follow what's been told to us by the municipality. If we'd have opened three weeks ago, as gyms did, we'd have followed the rules then. If we open now, we'd follow the rules now. We will look at the playbook and they're, they're, they're updating the playbook often. They are keeping people super well informed, the Sports Council. It's great. They want sport to go ahead. Everyone wants things to go ahead. If Sports Council, if the municipality tell us you're allowed five people in a room, we'll put five people. If we're allowed 50, we'll put 50. This week, we've seen swimming pools open. We've obviously got beaches are open. We've got gyms which are, we, I haven't seen the communication, but I've heard it going to 100%. We're still asked to sanitize equipment after it's been used. How will we sanitize? We'll sanitize in the way that we think is the best way, which is what it says on the WHO, which will be clean with soap and water, and then we'll put sanitizer on it. That's what we'll do if we're still asked to sanitize equipment after every use. If people want to sanitize equipment after every use, we will have the, even if it's not regulatory at that point, we will have the necessary things in place to make sure that people can feel comfortable. We'll also, we don't have a great deal of, of touch points. We don't have a swipe in system. We, we won't, there's no fingerprint system. So there's not a massive amount of touch points within, within the way that we operate. There's no turnstiles. There's no turnstiles at the new gym. So we actually don't have a massive amount of those touch points, but we will follow all of the regulations. We'll also speak to our members a lot and we'll ask them what they're doing. We will, of course, have, and it seems like this temperature check is here to stay. We'll still carry out temperature checks. So coming into the gym, if that is still a regulation, we will still carry out that temperature check, which is important because we might need your patience and I'll come to patients in a second, but it might take a little bit more time to get in. And it does take time to get around in various other places as well, folks. And I think that's where the final point I have here is that I think we all just need to stay cool about things. Yes, it's frustrating. Yes, in Dubai, it's hot now. I've, since this 
new systems have been in place. I've been in holding areas waiting to go in shops. I've been in holding areas outside of shops in 40 degree heat. It's all a massive challenge for all of us. But I think one thing we can do is just stay cool, be good to each other. We're all going through it together. Be smart. And as I said earlier, just educate ourselves a little bit. Meanwhile, think about what's practical, what kind of makes sense. And let's think about the environment as well. The things that we're doing, the cost of it on the environment and the actual positive impact, the increased production of these fogging machines, the use of chemicals which come in all of this plastic and these chemicals go into our environment, what really is that doing for us? If it's not really doing much, and WHO say it's not really doing that much, then do we really need to be doing it? They're my thoughts. There's some stats as well, not just my meandering thoughts for 40 minutes, but I really hope that people fast become comfortable with re-entering social fitness or social areas. I think there's way more positives really than there is negatives, having spent some time researching this topic so I can bring it to you guys. But I do understand that there needs to be a certain amount of healing time. We need to feel confidence. And sadly, the media don't give us that. But fortunately, there are other sources outside of the media. Once we open, we'll do everything we can to ensure everyone's safety. We'll follow the rules of our country. And if we feel like we need to implement additional health, hygiene, and safety precautions into our standard operating procedures, we'll do that. We want people to stay healthy. Please jump on the back of the campaign. Fitness is the answer. It's a positive message to spread to everyone. And the fitter the people that we have in the world, the less of these diseases that will wipe us out. Guys, thanks, for lot, thanks a lot for listening. No matter where you are in the world, take care of each other. Be safe, be hygienic, be clean. Fitness is the answer. I'll catch you next time.